The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself. Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order? Cashback guru? Low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you. Because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store. Even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. This is the story of Harry's. For decades, one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its customers. Then one day, an ordinary guy got ripped off buying razors. He was so fed up that he and his best friend started a company to fix shaving. They called it Harry's. By taking less profit and selling online, Harry's can offer quality blades for less. You can even get Harry's 5-blade razor and shave gel for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Click or go to harrys.com and enter code RAZOR at checkout. That's RAZOR, R-A-Z-O-R. Prospect Podcast, Clay Lang alongside lead prospect writer James Anderson, and a special edition of the Rotowire Prospect Podcast because James, it is eleven fifteen Central Time. Just wrapped up the first two rounds of the MLB draft. Let's get some instant instant takes. Let's fire them up. Let's fire. Let's fire those takes. I mean, uh, how how does this draft class compare to, in, to recent years? I I think it's pretty poor, uh, especially just if you were to 
rate it based on like maybe the last five draft classes. I think you could make well one of the things that sort of separates it is like there's no I don't I don't even think there's like a clear top two or top three mm-hmm. uh, guys. I mean that people could probably make a case for any seven or eight guys if they wanted to, to to say that these are like the two or three best players in this class and i think fantasy owners dynasty league owners are going to be completely torn as to to what to do with a top pick and in, in drafts next season or, or a, a bid if you're if you're picking players up mid-season from this draft i think you could make a case that a guy like jason grooms the got the most upside uh, most fantasy upside from this entire class and he falls to 12 there's no there's there's I mean people have been saying there's no Steven Strasburg no Bryce Harper there's not even a Brendan Rodgers or a Dansby yeah. Swanson in, in this class so the, I mean there's there's definitely going to be uh, fantasy assets to be had there's going to be a handful of guys that that slot into the updated top 200 in the top 50 there's going to be um, you know probably a dozen or so guys that slot in in the top 100 but a lot of that speaks to sort of how drained the the current minor leagues are in terms of high end talent. So just just any kind of injection of talent is is going to get in into those rankings. But mm-hmm. to me, there's there's just not a ton of high impact guys in this class. Yeah, and you mentioned Groom. I, I saw Keith Law suggest that a guy like Blake Rutherford, who went 18th overall, may be a better pure hitter than the guy who went number one overall, Mickey Moniak. What do you think of Moniac? I mean, it seems like that was the way it was trending, but uh, now you're prototypical number one pick. What is his upside for for fantasy? Well, he's he's going to be really tough to to kind of value because I, I could see I can see why teams started to really fall in love with him as a guy that a lot of those teams in like the top four were really hoping would be there. Um, the 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 case for him is you you know that the hit tool's going to play mm-hmm. you know that he's going to be able to stick in center field and, and because of the speed and and the defensive instincts so like at the very worst you have a guy that could probably hit at the top of your order and play center field for you and that that's from a real life standpoint that's that's a lot better mm-hmm. than you can you could do with with a lot of these other players i i thought the phillies really made out well by landing him, sign him for a slightly under slot, and then they grab a guy like Kevin Gowdy with the the number forty two pick, who uh, high school pitcher out of Santa Barbara, who I think you could make a, a pretty good case as as being a top ten pitcher in this draft just based on talent. So I think that their plan really worked out well, and you know Moniac's not going to be probably not even a top five fantasy prospect from this class in in my book but i think he's one of the safer players from this class very interesting just just a note we're not going to be grading a rapper today in this abbreviated edition of the podcast just want to get some instant analysis from this draft and uh after ammoniac though my reds taking nick senzel i was really happy with this i thought they they might be intrigued by a guy like puck or, or another you know prep arm but getting getting senzel pretty quality pick here Good strength, quick wrists, uh, and really, you know, obviously he's not going to be up anytime in the immediate future, but fills a, a, what looks like it's going to be a need down the road at, at the corner there, third base for Cincinnati. Fantasy upside, though, what, what's the what's the ceiling with Nick Senzel? I sort of think he's, he's kind of the player that we all sort of thought Mike Moustakas was going to be like three or four years ago when, when he was first – breaking onto the the big league scene 
Um, you know, Senzo isn't going to be up this year. He could be up in 2017, though. I mean, he's he's not a guy that really. I don't. I don't think he's going to meet any major roadblocks in the minor leagues. He should be able to hit all the way up. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a taste of you know high A to start next season or maybe even double A, and and just kind of cruises up to the big leagues in, in the second half next year because I don't really see any anything getting in his way. Um, not. Not a guy that I expect to ever be like a top 50 fantasy pick, but someone that could kind of go in that 75 to 150 range in fantasy drafts during his prime. So uh, you might have a a first division starter there for five or six years. Very interesting. Yeah, I feel pretty good about it. Uh, Don't know a ton about their other picks, but uh, getting a a bat, that was what I really thought was important. I didn't want them to to roll the dice on a high school arm and – your Brewers had had the chance to, to do so. Puck was still available when they picked at five, but they ended up taking Corey Ray. I think you applauded in the office when they made the pick. Uh, what are your thoughts as a Brewers fan? Well, yeah, it was there was a lot of uh, kind of bad intel out there on Twitter. People were reporting they were going to take Puck. Uh, people were reporting they had a pre-draft deal done with Blake Rutherford, and thankfully in in my opinion as a as a Brewers fan that they they stuck with Ray who was kind of the guy they'd been linked to for a while especially after Delvin Perez failed that that drug test for for PEDs Ray to me is kind of in a draft like this guys like Ray and Senzel mm-hmm. are just the, you got to flock towards those those types of players that are college hitters without major flaws you know there's you're not worried about them making enough contact you know that the the hit tools good enough that you know that they're going to be able to play a, a big league position ray i think people are kind of torn on whether or not he can play center field he played some right field at louisville at the worst case scenario he, he plays a above average left field for the brewers and mm-hmm. you know really good approach walk just about as much as he struck out in college uh definitely has has speed that's going to impact the game on the bases from a fantasy perspective could be 25 steals in his prime he really looks the part yeah and and really good makeup guy from from all i've heard and and the power you know it's not going to be 25 30 homer power but he could be a 18 20 homer guy and and if you're getting 20 steals with that too all of a sudden you're looking at a guy that might hit 280 and go 2020 so Mm -hmm. Uh, he's going to be the guy that I have ranked highest in the updated Dynasty League rankings from this class. Really? Very interesting. You know, you asked before we came on, uh, asked me to pick my you know, my favorite pick from this draft, and you did as well. I was a little surprised you did not go w- w- with Ray. But well, he's, he's up there. Yeah. I, Ray, to me, I wasn't, surpri- I wasn't surprised he was there, and I wasn't surprised that they took him. So I, I love the pick, but it was like the 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 appropriate value really i wasn't i wasn't blown away by the value i thought that that was a a very legitimate possibility heading into the night uh you know who so who who was the guy that you ended up going with yeah i went with delvin perez and not just because harold reynolds hated it which did kind of swing it it. there was there was a little part of there was i mean that put it over the top let's just say that (laughs) But I think, you know... MLB look, Network did not have a good night tonight. No, nor nor did MLB.com. No, MLB.com really blowing it with the draft tracker. Uh, after pick like 56 or something, just went offline. No no picks entered. Uh, that was fun. But, yeah, I mean, look, 
they they crapped all over Delvin Perez, and admittedly, you know, testing positive for a PED at 18 when you're kind of a uh, when you're in the discussion too for the first overall pick. I think he might even be 17. Oh yeah, maybe 17. Look, he's that's not a good call, and maybe shows some character issues, maybe some some makeup concerns. But I think you you know falling that far, and for an organization like the the Cardinals to pick him up, you know they. They can take any sort of PR hit, mm-hmm. whatever. Nobody really cares. Uh, you bring him in, you groom him. I think he could end up being, you know, the top offensive player from this draft. Uh, makes me mad that he goes to a team like the Cardinals as a fan of a division foe. But uh, I think in terms of pure value, that's uh, easily the, the top choice and for me. Look, there's no Harold Reynolds getting upset about him going in the first round. It's Sounds not a like, terrible it's, message. It's not like this was. Whatever. Like a, a banner day for Perez, you know, yeah. 10 days ago, he was basically a lock to go in the top 10. He cost the, that positive test cost him over a million dollars. Yeah, I think that's probably punishment enough. Yeah. And I think a lot of these players, like a lot of these players, what they make on draft day for their bonuses is going to be kind of the extent of their career earnings in baseball. So when you possibly have your career earnings cut in half via positive test, I think that's that's quite the the punishment there. And, you know, who knows how many of the guys that got taken ahead of him are also on something that they, they shouldn't be on and just, <laughs> just happened to not fail their test. So I, I think that's that was a steal, like you said. I mean, the Cardinals – how come nobody? How come everybody didn't see this coming? Really, yeah. you know. I mean, that's that's the type of pick that can really uh, do wonders for a farm system. When you're you're picking at twenty one or twenty three, you probably have no plans on on a guy like Perez being there, and then all of a sudden he, he falls right into your lap. I mean, that's that's a big windfall for them. And I really thought the the Padres were just licking their chomps, you know. Yeah, just, at I twenty four. That I feel like they were probably a lock to take him at twenty four. Mm-hmm. I really um, think so too. They probably should have just taken him at eight, but um, I think so too. <laughs> I mean, and then then uh, what's his name? Uh, Harold Reynolds says the guy they did pick at eight, Cal, Cal Quantrill. Quantrill, was the top pick and maybe the biggest steal of the draft. <laughs> uh, my my favorite pick of the draft, just in terms of value, and just really kind of bolstering a system that that needs a lot of help is kyle lewis college outfielder from mercer going to the mariners uh 20 year old college bat plenty of upside i mean for fantasy purposes i I think he along with senzel round out my top three along with ray uh lewis has the most power potential of any hitter in this draft which you know to, to for a guy to be you know, 60 power guy out of college in a, in a class as weak as this, that's, that's something you got to pay attention to. I mean, that there, there wasn't a lot of standout offensive tools like that available anywhere in this draft to get a guy like that at 11, uh, really good makeup kid, uh, might take a while relative to some of the other college hitters in the top 15, but you know, once he, once he kind of irons out those, those swing and miss issues, uh, works on some contact against professional pitching. I really think long term, this could be a, a number three, number four hitter, and and the Mariners have have sorely needed uh, that type of a, a position player prospect to get excited about. Yeah, that's a that's a great pick. Do you have any idea why he maybe fell this? You know, it's not super far, but to eleven, uh, something with him, or do, do you think it's maybe just the the players in front of him? Uh, 
you know, maybe fit fit with with that particular team. I just think there were certain teams. I look at the well, for instance, uh, the A's probably had no aspirations of Puck being there at six. Mm-hmm. I think the Marlins wanted a pitcher. They took Braxton Garrett. Uh, I think the Padres had been linked to Quantrill for for a long time, so I think that that was just kind of the guy that they were going to take. The Tigers and had, maybe a little under slot. Uh, Quantrill. I think that Quantrill. that that was a part of the reason they they were linked to him. I, I'd heard was just because AJ Preller wanted a guy that could get to the big leagues quickly and kind of help him save his job save his a little job. bit. Yeah. Uh, Matt Manning, the Tigers, uh, they they'd been linked to to high school arms. Um, I just think that the, I mean the White Sox clearly everyone had had been talking about them loving Zach Collins. I just think the teams ahead of the Mariners just had that one guy that they fell that they with. that they took over Lewis. Like <laughs> Lewis might have been number two on like all those teams boards when they picked, uh, but he just wasn't number one. So I mean it was it was a big win for the Mariners. I mean in in real life he's not as valuable as he is in fantasy because he probably doesn't stick in center field. Uh, you know, probably moves to a corner, and then you, you really hope that the bat plays. But I just think the power in a draft like this is is something that that can't really be ignored. So I was I was happy to see him uh, get a landing spot there at eleven. Let's talk about the guy who went right ahead of Lewis Zach Collins, who you mentioned. I mean, with with the catcher position as bad as it is, uh, I think a lot of a lot of people maybe, you know looking at him next year and thinking about maybe spending a first round reserve pick on him, but no, no lock. He, he sticks behind the plate. Uh, is he, is he hitting or has he hit enough to convince you he'll be fine and, and a fantasy asset really kind of regardless of where he ends up? I'm not sure. I feel like I'm going to be kind of low on him relative to, to maybe some other places. I, he, he kind of, Strikes me as maybe a poor man's Kyle Schwarber in that you you doubt he can play catcher. Uh, really gonna have to hit. So you know if if you think he can hit like Kyle Schwarber, which is asking an awful lot, then then he maybe has enough value for a big league team to play him in in left field or something like that. Maybe maybe he DHs. I mean it's it's nice that he's at least in an American on an American League team, so that if he if he ends up needing to DH, that's that's an option. Um, I just don't think there were any hitters in this class that are on Kyle Schwarber's level, mm-hmm. let alone the guy that goes number 10 overall. So, you know, it, it's it's kind of... Did Harold Reynolds throw that out? Somebody threw that out, that he was like Schwarber, or the next Schwarber. <laughs> the, the next Schwarber. I, I, mean, I mean, the comps that were getting thrown out tonight <laughs> during the draft were, were comical, ridiculous, ridiculous I mean, left, left and right. It was just um, comedy hour. It was. I mean, if you if you were able to, to kind of listen to it and watch it with a, you know, flair for the unintentional comedy, then, then you were <laughs> in, the, in the right frame of mind. I mean, <laughs> at a certain point, it got kind of annoying. And, and when you got up on, on Mount Pius there, that was that was kind of insufferable. But um <laughs> Yeah, you know, let's let's talk about the some of these high school arms. That, yeah, but, that went, well, I was going to ask you are, about Groom, who went oh, right, right after right, Lewis, yeah. because before I I penciled in uh, Delvin Perez as my topic, I thought, man, that's that's a great deal for the Red Sox because they just because as a lot of people have pointed out, they can afford to take that risk. And when I saw that, you know, I hadn't really seen that that breaking pitch, that curveball. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
myself, but when I saw that, I mean, as much risk as there is, you, you see that fastball with that curveball, you, you see the upside. That I, I think no player in this draft has as much fantasy potential as Groom because if Groom reaches his ceiling, this is a top five fantasy starter. I mean, you get the plus-plus fastball, plus-plus curveball. I mean, the his curveball is probably the best pitch in this draft. I mean, maybe, maybe you argue for Riley Pint's fastball, but to me, I'll, I'll take the guy who's 96-97 who's with the – unhittable curveball over the guy that's that's 99 uh any day and, and take take the left-handed guy to boot so <laughs> i mean groom groom my uh, groom's going to be probably my my top ranked pitcher from this draft uh for fantasy purposes just because i mean look they all carry so much risk even a guy like aj puck i mean aj puck doesn't have a plus secondary pitch yet so uh and he's and he's got questionable command control so i mean he's he's definitely not safe especially by college pitcher standards i mean we've, we've seen guys who've been quote-unquote safe college pitchers before like like john gray and mark appell who haven't really returned uh, much of anything so i mean puck's not even on the level of those guys as a prospect coming out so i'll take the guy with the the crazy uh two double plus pitches and and just kind of cross my fingers that it works out um, you know, some other really intriguing high school arms from this draft too, that went high. Riley Pint obviously goes to the Rockies at four. So I think stay away from him. Uh, <laughs> Braxton Garrett. I mean, the Marlins had been kind of rumored to be on him for a while. A lot of people like him. I think he's more of kind of a number two, number three, not a guy that's gonna, uh, win you any leagues necessarily, but the, the guy who I really, really like, and I, I dig the fit is, is Forrest Whitley who the Astros nabbed at 17, a uh, huge 6'7 Texan, 250 pounds, big fastball, uh, big curveball. And he threw 123 pitches tonight for his high school team, which Good is Lord. which is kind of crazy. I mean, how how mad do you think the Astros are? I mean, yeah. there's nothing they can do, but you have to just be just be eating eating up inside when you, when you see that, you know, you invest that kind of a pick in a guy mm-hmm. and then he throws that many pitches, but. Uh, not much you can do, yeah. But let's get back to some bats quickly. Will Benson is a guy that, you know, you look at him and he just looks the part. Seems to, you know, they interviewed him on MLB Network. Seems to just, you know, be a good kid. Seems to be a guy who doesn't have, you know, a ton of character concerns. A lot of raw power. Uh, can run well for for his size. Uh, raw product, but do you think he's going to be able to hit enough to, to be a major league star? I think he could. I think... The Indians are a perfect place for him to go because the way that they've developed guys like Clint Frazier and, and Bobby Bradley and Bradley Zimmer in recent years definitely gives some hope to them kind of be able to maximize a guy like Will Benson who, you know, he, he's he got a ton of tools. I mean, if, if he if he can max out, then, then he could be a, one of the best players, if not the best player from this class from a fantasy standpoint. I think it's it's going to be kind of a slow a slow roll with him, though, because the the swing and miss, the hit tool, those, those are issues that aren't going to be solved overnight. I think it's going to be a decent amount of time in rookie ball probably doesn't get to high a until till 2018 so i mean if it, there's a lot of upside here but you got to be 
uh, very patient and, and we're willing to wait for him to, to actualize. As a quick word from our sponsor, do you need a website? Why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix.com has something for you. Used by more than 84 million people worldwide, Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business. It all starts with a stunning website. With hundreds of designer-made, customizable templates to choose from, the drag-and-drop editor, there's no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're bound to be busy. Too busy. Too busy worrying about your budget. Too busy scheduling appointments. Too busy to build a website for your business. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to Wix.com to create your own website today. The result is stunning. I mentioned Blake Rutherford just in kind of in passing, but the Yankees took him with the 18th overall pick. Really not a lot of glaring weaknesses in his game, but does he have enough upside to maybe crack your top 150 when you update with everybody oh, else? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, Rutherford, to me, is is a top five position player from this from this draft from, for fantasy purposes, uh, ahead of a guy like, like Moniak, who went number one. Uh, be interesting to see if Rutherford signs. I assume he will. I don't think the Yankees would have taken him if, if he wasn't going to, but... Um, you know, definitely probably expected to come off the board a little bit before pick 18. But, yeah, I mean, he's super toolsy, can play multiple outfield spots, could be a five-category guy in time. And and MLB teams might not like the fact that he's a 19-year-old high schooler, but I, I kind of like that for fantasy because that probably means he's, he's ready for a full-season assignment mm-hmm. ahead of uh, most of the other guys the other prep bats from his class. Yeah, I'm with you 100% there. A couple guys went kind of back-to-back who were both you know, pretty big risers in recent weeks. Gavin Lux was one who went to the, the Dodgers. What uh, what caused that kind of rise on, on draft boards? I just think teams love shortstops, you know. I mean, there, there weren't many in this draft. Elvin Perez had long been like kind of up near the top by himself among the shortstop crop after the positive test Lux passes him. Uh, to me, that's, that's kind of short-sighted. I'd, I'd rather have Perez Lux probably sticks at shortstop, although that wasn't a given even six or seven months ago. And Scotty product. He is a Scotty product, which I kind of would view as a knock. I mean, who has he, who has <laughs> yeah. he, who has he really played? Uh, <laughs> Plus, like, what kind of pitching is he seeing on a? On how a much high basis? school drinking did he do? <laughs> Probably a ton. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if he if he grew up the way I grew up, then <laughs> then he's got some and serious. He's got a beer. He's got some serious makeup soon. issues. Um, <laughs> oh, no, on, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think you know, Lux is kind of a, a poor man's Perez, where he he probably a better better hit tool right now but kind of does everything but nothing ex- in an excellent fashion i mean he's not gonna steal 20 bases probably he's not gonna hit 20 homers so you know if he hits 270 280 and he's giving you 12 and 12 or something like that that's useful but he's a high school shortstop who's from wisconsin like i, I just assume he's <laughs> gonna take at least five years before he's 
in the yeah. big leagues. So, like, has he even faced like an 85 mile per hour fastball? <laughs> he just regularly sees like 80, 81. <laughs> I, I mean, it's just so hard to invest in a guy like that in a yeah. dynasty league when the upside. It's it's just hard to envision the upside being worth waiting as long as it's going to take for him. I thought it was hilarious. Also, MLB Network continuing to kill it. Uh, Greg Amsinger <laughs> pondering the fact that they already have a shortstop in Corey Seager. Yeah, they do have a shortstop. So, so <laughs> he was he was kind of con- sh- you know scratching his head as to why they would want a high school shortstop when they already have a, a shortstop at the big league level. Man, what a mind! <laughs> I mean, in that that limited upside that you alluded to. I mean, I think you wrote this player note for the site. Say you know uh, upside kind of low double digit home runs and steals. Just not a lot there. I mean, it's it's a, like if he can play like average or slightly above average shortstop, then that's great for the Dodgers. But yeah. I, I don't really care. For fantasy like, purposes, so. yeah. And then TJ was is it Zoik Zike Zike Zike, kind of like Tony Zike, I guess, but spelled a little differently. Uh, he was kind of a riser as well. Do you think this is one with the the Blue Jays kind of picked him, expecting him to be able to help the club? Maybe not this year, but relatively soon. Uh yeah, I mean he's he's a guy that I, I think there's some questions as to whether he's a starter or a reliever. I'm guessing if they took him here that they they want to at least give him a shot to be a starter. Not as intriguing to me though as as some of the other college arms in this range just because he he doesn't have that that secondary pitch or that I mean he's he's mid 90s with the fastball, it's a good fastball, but I'd, I'd prefer a guy like Justin Dunn, who went 19 to the Mets, who has more upside than I think you'd you'd assume, just because he he's recently converted to a starter and really took to that well. He can touch 99. I mean that that's a guy that's got a ton of projectability left. He he's uh, got to add some some mass to his his frame, but you know he's a guy that you could kind of almost view as a high school arm in terms of uh, untapped potential there. I mean Will Craig, who went 22. Uh, just before Delvin Perez is another guy that fantasy owners need to be aware of. This is a all bat uh, guy that's probably going to have a first base for the Pirates. Would have been a DH candidate in the AL. Uh, this is this is probably like the AJ Reed of of this draft class, where you're not going to hear a ton about him. He's not going to be ranked on uh, like Keith Law or MLB's top 100. But dynasty league owners need to need to pay attention. So we talked about the Cardinals taking Delvin Perez, and that's that's a great value. Uh, and the Padres, I just imagine Preller just aged like 20 years as a result of that. Uh, finally looking his age for for the job, I guess. But uh, after they missed out, what did you think of what they did back-to-back? Hudson Sanchez, who was the first player that we didn't have written up. Of course, we prepped by writing what you guys wrote, like 90, mm-hmm. 90 updates beforehand. He goes 24, wasn't written up. Clearly a little bit of a reach, and they took – Padres back-to-back picks, Eric Lauer, uh, a pitcher. What did you think of those two back-to-back for San Diego? I didn't think much of them. Uh, (laughs) I didn't either. um, You know, these just aren't really guys that were on my radar at all for for Dynasty League purposes. Uh, Hudson Sanchez, he's he's listed as a shortstop. I think there's a big range of possibilities in terms of what position he plays so they got to figure that out first uh you know he he's got a solid bat but not a guy that's even a a top 12 or top 15 
hitter for me for dynasty leagues from this draft and and lauer kind of a more of a, a mid-rotation arm at best uh, i'd prefer he's a guy from kent state lefty I, i'd prefer uh, at least a handful of of high school arms to lauer so uh not not much to see there for the padres yeah. man i mean preller is he i mean yeah that first pick number eight overall maybe a guy who can help him save his job a little bit but that that window's closing i gotta imagine i mean how long is he gonna stick around well they gotta trade some of the guys i mean they get they gotta trade a guy like drew pomerantz i think i know that he's here they're asking for they have to be overwhelmed did you hear that I mean, that's that's insane don't we all <laughs> i guess but i mean that, i just think they need to i mean they started to tear it down but they really got to really got to tear it down yeah it's it's tear down time i i think this this draft i mean minus those padres picks in the middle there to me it it, it gets really it it starts to resemble like a more traditional draft when you get outside of the top uh like like you compare this top five to like a top five like any other year and the other year is gonna win. Mm-hmm. But if you compare like six to twenty five, I think it stacks up pretty well with mm-hmm. a lot of other drafts. So there there's depth to be had for Dynasty League purposes. It's not it's not like a oh, I better trade my reserve round pick now because there's not gonna be anything for me. There's going to be stuff. It's just having that first or second overall reserve pick next year isn't going to be the prize that it typically is just because there isn't that one consensus guy. Yeah, I'm with you. That's you know probably disappointing to hear if you're a guy who's you're tanking, essentially, and going to have one of those top picks. But uh, I guess you never know with the international market, too. Yeah, that's true. There. I mean, but those then you're waiting even longer. That's very true. Carter Keyboom. Was drafted twenty eighth overall, Kaboom, Spencer Kaboom is his brother, right? Yeah, because we same, saw him in Arizona. Same, same system. Yeah, that's kind of strange to they, see. But it's funny because his brother is kind of like uh, washed out in like the upper yeah. levels of their system, and they're going back to the Kaboom well. <laughs> they wanted. When we they, saw him in Arizona. He just looked like a guy. They wanted Spencer. a little bit more Kaboom in the organization. So hey, got to keep that brotherhood, keep the <laughs> morale up. But I mean. You know, he does have a pretty good hit tool, but yeah. is there anything else here in the profile that's intriguing? Uh I mean he's yeah, he's he's a guy that's that's got uh does a little bit of everything uh offensively, switch hitter. I I he'll probably be like a top twenty, top twenty five prospect for dynasty leagues from this class. So definitely a, a name that owners in deeper leagues need to be aware of, but not someone that's going to require a, a super early pick. Very interesting. Well, um, I want to ask you about my Reds' second pick, Taylor Trammell. Apparently it's not Trammell like Alan Trammell. Uh, 35th overall to the Reds. Uh, split time between football and baseball in high school. A pr- pretty prolific high school football career. Really good athlete, but does he – you know, athleticism can only take you so far. Does he have – is he going to be such a uh, a project kind of refining him to where, you know, most in dynasty leagues will want to wait and see. I think he's kind of the epitome of the high school hitters in this class outside the top uh, three or four guys where there's tools for days except for the hit tool. So, you know, maybe, 
one or two of these guys will really it'll click and and those the, his plus plus speed will be something that fantasy owners can take advantage of but probably more than half of these guys where we're like well look at that that speed potential maybe power speed potential if you can figure everything out you know half of those guys aren't even going to really make it to to the big leagues just because the hit tool is never going to click that's that's too bad well we're getting deeper here uh past the 30 minute mark wanted to keep this relatively short but some interesting guys in, in the you know supplemental and then second round anybody in particular that you want to you want to shout out yeah i'll throw throw a couple couple names out and then we can call it a night i know I got to be in here early tomorrow, so yeah, you're here in like eight hours, right? Yeah, I'll be be here in about eight hours. So, uh, <laughs> you sound thrilled. Yeah, no, it's gonna be great. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I thought uh, you know the guy that was really slipping, or two guys that were really slipping, uh, Nolan Jones, a big six four uh, prep hitter, uh, played shortstop, probably ends up moving to third base or first base. Uh, big power though. Uh, some of the, the the best raw power in in the entire draft. He goes fifty five to the Indians. Indians kind of killed it tonight. I thought he's a guy that should be valued much higher than than that number fifty five spot indicates. Another guy that that should probably be valued quite a bit higher than than where he got drafted is is Brian Reynolds, outfielder from Vanderbilt, all around offensive production. You know he he's going to be a guy that possibly moves quickly might be able to stick in center field for them. I mean, this is this is definitely kind of a steal. Uh, I really didn't expect him to, to fall past the, the first round, but, I mean, those are two guys who, you know, if you're just looking at guys that go in the top 40 or, or top 30, you're not going to scroll down far enough to see those guys, but uh, I they're probably both top 10 hitters from this class for me. Love to get your thoughts on the Brewers' Uh, I think it was their second pick, but 46 overall, Lucas Ersig. And it's just hard to kind of evaluate him because he went from Cal to Menlo College. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's really kind of hard to to look at him as a prospect and really see what all's there. But is this something where you think maybe they found a diamond in the rough? I don't know. I mean, it's <laughs> way, too, way too soon to say. I, yeah. He's got big power, but it's just impossible to evaluate the hit tool against the competition he was facing. Uh, I mean, if they, if they like him enough to take him there, then I I'm down with it. I, I kind of like the Mario Feliciano pick at 75 just as much. Cause it's, you know, high upside catcher with, with some, some abilities at the plate. So, I mean, he's going to be a slow mover, obviously coming from uh, Puerto Rico, but, uh, plenty of upside there. I mean, they can't have too many high upside catchers in the system. So I, I thought they did all right. I, I mean, the Corey Ray pick was obviously the the big one for them. But I mean, if they do, you know, even 70, 80% as well as they did in last year's draft after the first round, then that, that'll be a big win. Well, give yourself a Barry Horowitz pat on the back. Real quick, though, we threw out our favorite picks from the first round. Do you have a least favorite pick maybe from this draft? Uh,. Because I mean, uh, it's yeah, it's so hard to evaluate, and we won't be able to tell for several years exactly how this, uh, who won the draft, who lost, maybe. But uh, there, there seems to be some questionable picks in the top fifteen. I think, 
I mean, I think there's probably more. I mean, there's tons of questionable picks outside the top like 20. I mean, yeah. obviously we talked about the, the Padres and the, the sandwich around there. Uh, I thought that the the catchers that aren't going to stick at catcher probably got drafted a little too high. I think you, you know you have guys. I mean, really, more more catchers, more than fifty percent of the catchers that got taken tonight uh, probably don't stick behind the plate. So you have, you know, guys like Matt Thace from for Virginia and guys like uh, <clears throat> Zach Collins from from Miami go in the top fifteen. Just probably because they they had a there was a scout in those organizations that either said they think they can they can stick behind the plate or they just think the bat's too good to to pass even if they move off catcher I, I don't think those guys typically work out all that well uh, so I, I think I would I'd rather just take a high school arm there but you know I, I don't know I don't know there wasn't a lot to to work with here mm-hmm. out, outside of the top twelve or so uh, should give a shout out to the Twins I did like that Alex. Kirloff pick at, at number 15. He's got, got some pretty impressive power. So no real losers aside from the MLB TV crew. Well, p- uh, player notes for all 77 players picked tonight. Again, thank you, James, for, for sharing your insight. And shout out to Jesse Siegel, Adam Wolf for their help with that as well. Check out the player notes for all 77 players taken. Go to wire.com slash podcast for a free 10-day trial. Click on player news, then you can filter by minor leaguers. Guys, thank you for listening. Uh, Spore and Zola back with you later today. So you own your own business. Got small ambitions for this business? Of course you don't. Got medium ambitions for this business? Of course you don't. Who has medium ambitions? You got big ambitions. If you're a growing business with big ambitions, you want to grow with Granger. Granger has the products, the services, and more importantly, the commitment you need. Total commitment. If you're a growing business, Granger's got your back. Call clickgranger.com or stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.